Welcome to the weekly edition of ESG Now, where we cover how the environment, our society, and corporate governance affects and is affected by our economy. I'm your host, Mike DeCebedo, and this week we are going to discuss the small rail project by Siemens that has gotten massive attention by both the company's largest shareholders and its chairman and its CEO. So Linda Ealing Lee, our head of ESG research, will start us off by telling us why this story is so wild. And then Bentley Kaplan, our lead analyst for Siemens, and Umar Ashfaq, our experienced and wise coal industry analyst, will then join us to discuss the story in total. Thanks as always for joining us. Stay tuned. In the corporate case of the company doth protest too much, Siemens' brass has lashed out at what the CEO, Joe Kaiser, calls grotesque protests against a rail infrastructure project that, in part, provides signaling for trains that go into the Carmichael coal mine in Queensland, Australia. Investors have spoken out against the decision by Siemens to enter into this contract. Kaiser mentioned the issue in the first minute of his most recent earnings call. The chairman of Siemens said this backlash will have to change how the company thinks about environmental issues. But the weird thing is, Siemens' involvement in this project was relatively minor. It only pledged about 20 million U.S., which is minor compared to the company's 24 billion U.S. in revenue that it achieved last year. So why the strong reaction by Siemens? Well, it might have to do something with the company's public pledges to combat climate change. The fact that Siemens was one of the first companies to announce its plans to be carbon neutral across its operational chains by 2030. Siemens also puts a lot of money into renewable energy projects. And in 2016, Joe Kaiser himself said Siemens was in a unique place to address the world's biggest problem, climate change. So Siemens is an industry leader when it comes to addressing carbon emissions and climate change in general. And part of that is reflected in our rating for Siemens, which is actually a AAA. Remember, one thing we do at MSCI ESG Research is rank a company based on its exposure to environmental, social, and governance risks on a C to AAA scale. And Siemens deservedly has top marks. It even has a really good governance structure. It treats its employees really well. They have everything. And yet, all of Siemens stakeholders are getting wild about this rail project, which is a problem because Siemens is also part of the World Economic Forum. And if you're a dedicated listener to this show, you'll know the World Economic Forum released a statement saying the business community needs to pay better attention to all its stakeholders, not just its shareholders. And now those stakeholders are causing quite a ruckus. And now Linda Ealing Lee is here for some early show spice. Linda, what is going on? Why has Siemens come out so aggressively against these protesters? And should investors be worried? Here is a company that has signed a pledge in a sense. I mean, they're a member of the World Economic Forum, so certainly um, wants to be a leader from the Davos Manifesto 2020 point of view, they have done a lot of things in terms of uh, setting targets that are quite ambitious. Um, they have been more of a leader in that way. And then they involve themselves in something that is, you know, I think that as everybody has pointed out, is actually financially very minor, right? We're talking 18 million euros for a company of this size. Um, and I think what's fascinating about it um, is are two things, really. One is that 
the shareholders in this particular case have actually kind of weighed in, right? They have actually um, almost kind of come on the side of the other stakeholders. This is what we were talking about in the trend that we were writing. Um, and they have they have kind of come in and used their much more uh, legally and uh, formally mandated uh, accountability mechanisms to call the company to account. Uh, but the second part that I find so interesting about this is that this is a very small slip up in some ways. And I think what this is signaling for a lot of other companies out there is that there is zero tolerance, I think, and that there is a level of due diligence that needs to be much, much higher uh, for these companies than maybe they even realize. So that's one thing. But the other is this, there's this guilt by association that I think companies need to be aware of. Their, their suppliers and whoever they're supplying to, those are those are associations they need to actually do quite a lot of due diligence on. It's a very small stake for them financially, but reputationally, it was clearly very toxic. And it really didn't matter whether it was 18 million euros or it was you know, 1.8 billion euros. Thank you, Linda. So now... Umar and Bentley join me. And Bentley, let's start off with you, your Siemens head analyst. And you understand the company intuitively. So what's going on here? Give me your take on this whole situation. Is it something investors should be worried about? Or what do you think? Um, you know, I think some of the frustration that's come out against Siemens is that Adani Mining, which is the company that's going to be, you know, ostensibly mining this coal uh, from Australia, I think they were shunned by a lot of big financial institutions. So there was this has been a very long pressure campaign against the mine, and I think the you know the activists involved were quite encouraged when they had you know made it very difficult for the company to secure funding, and eventually they did, and then and then you know the I think there were there was a hope that a company like Siemens would see the reputational risk and then refuse to get involved in the project. Well, there's a, okay. So I said this earlier when I was talking to Linda, there was this massive reaction from Siemens's top brass, the CEO, the chairman, big investors. Uh, is Siemens really worried about this as a as a, a business risk? Because they did sign that pledge. I mean, they signed, they decided that they wanted to be with the World Economic Forum and saying, we're going to pay attention to all these people. Uh, but now these people are coming out and saying, hey, you better pay attention to us because we're kind of pissed off. I think, you know, being a signatory to one of these pledges is important. But you've got to really look at, you know, where the pressure points for Siemens um, so there is some of this, you know, the, the sort of the, the ground up protest activity that's happening, which is, you know, garnering media attention. But then there's also the, the, the investor pressure. Um, so I see BlackRock has now um, released some of the, I think, some of the communication it sent to Siemens. I think it's the, the biggest shareholder of Siemens. And BlackRock, of course, has taken a very public um, stance, you know, towards, you know, reducing the impacts of climate change. And, and in some sense, you know, it's now you know, making some moves towards backing that statement up. But it's the actual concrete impact on Siemens, I think, is, is very much yet to be seen. Um, so there's still a lot of posturing and a lot of talk. And I think, you know, where, where companies like Siemens and in, indeed, you know, um, companies like BlackRock will need to be careful is that they're not going to be held to account for those statements that they've made and those pledges they've made. Right, but it's, it does seem like some of the most vehement backlash is against coal projects. And since this project isn't that financially relevant for Siemens, could you call this a governance failure at the company? 
Um, they made all these public pledges, as we've talked about a bunch. They got on their soapbox to promote its cli- their climate agenda. And then they decide to provide some assistance to the coal industry. Not major assistance, and though it's innocuous, it's still assistance. Um, because investors also seem pissed. The Financial Times reported that Winfred Maths from DECA Investments, which are advisors that hold almost 9 million Siemens shares on behalf of German saving bank DECA Bank, said the decision by Siemens was, quote, quote incomprehensible and threatened to cause massive damage to the company's image. So shouldn't Kaiser and the company itself foreseen this type of anger so like here's the here's what i think the you know the the trends around stakeholders and and where this might actually start happening um and it's not going to be you know in in a huge tangible way it's going to be the the way siemens would normally have looked at a contract like this would be you know are we going to profit from it is it worth our while and if it is then then let's go for it but now there's going to be this like i think there's going to be a nagging question about what is the the reputational impact going to be, and that I think that has been ratcheted up, in in the sense that it's going to be docking some of that profit off, even if it's just a case of the CEO going, oh my god, I can't handle these climate activists coming to my house and like egging my car, like I just can't deal with that. So that extra little bump in profit doesn't really seem worth it. I mean, I think the the first step is always saying, you know, we as a company are going to do X, Y, and Z, and I think that's you know, that's what your investors want to know. And then they can make investment decisions accordingly. I think it's if you don't have that statement and you are, you know, you're taking decisions on politically sensitive or, you know, stakeholder sensitive topics that I think investors end up, you know, getting shorted because they they then, you know, pick up the slack or whatever the, the impacts are. So, Umar, you've written extensively about the coal industry and utilities. And one of the things you and I have talked about a lot while I'm editing some of those pieces is the role policy plays in dictating where companies in this industry position themselves. Is policy action to address the possible unsustainability of coal usage where this might eventually end up? Um, Could Siemens find itself on the wrong side of a country's coal policy? I know it is Australia, which is very pro-coal, but if enough people speak out, don't politicians usually feel the space to lay down the hammer? Um, Might this happen here, in your opinion? I, I completely agree. Policy action is absolutely necessary. And that's where I think Siemens is really not the first, uh, going to be the first in the line of action when it comes to the fallout from, let's say, a carbon tax or any uh, policy action that would even curtail demand on coal. If you look at the value chain, the first person who's going to be hurt, the first stakeholder who's going to be hurt, rightly so, would be the mining companies, the people who are extracting coal, if assuming that there is a drop in demand. Siemens comes really far down in the value chain. If you look at what exactly its contribution is, they're not extracting coal, they're not producing coal coal power producing turbines, they are providing infrastructure which is an ancillary part and arguably it can be replaced as well. So they are not mission critical, providing mission critical infrastructure to to this project. So yes, at the end of the day, Siemens is going to be impacted. Perhaps it won't be uh, in, in, in future bidding on such contracts or bidding, bidding on such products. But at the same time, this comes really far down in the value chain when it comes to a curtailment of coal demand. There is a lot of noise around coal. 
And aside from the fact that it's one of the dirtiest fuels out there and that the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change says the first step for addressing the climate crisis is cutting our coal usage, much of the concern in the market, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, is that companies that continue to invest in coal are sort of wasting investor money since coal will be, what the market says, valueless in the coming decade. Do you agree with that? Are we seeing any signs of that now as as coal usage slowed at all globally? So it depends on where you look and whether you're looking um, holistically enough. Coal demand continues to rise in Asia. Uh, it's pa- it's powering a lot of uh, the new power generation coming online in Asia. And the fact there is that the average coal plant's age in Asia is 12 years. That, if you compare that to a mature market like the US, where the average age is between 40 and 50 years, that gives you a sense of how long coal plants are expected to last. And these are newer plants. These are much more efficient. And these are also bound by they're they're bound to be uh, purchasing coal for a number of years and i well my personal opinion is that in a decade it may be overly optimistic globally coal usage has, has not dropped and taking the example of uh, the adani mine where uh, siemens has been providing the signaling infrastructure for the rail network all of that coal is expected to service uh, india it's a $19 million infrastructure project, but it's gotten the sort of attention that a $300 billion new revamp, new introduction of a, of, of a totally new product would get. A slightly more cynical way to look at this would be that this is such a low-hanging fruit for Siemens and the largest shareholder of Siemens that, okay, if you think this is a bad idea, we're not going to do this again. That's because they can. This is not essential for Siemens survival. This does not require a radical reinvention of the company, say like an oil and gas company would or a coal mining company would have to do. So this was a big win for um, for Siemens. But they didn't say that. They didn't say they could extract themselves from this project. They said it was economically infeasible to stop. They said not this time, but going ahead, we will have to rethink the way we look at projects. Which is great. That's a (laughs) win-win. And that's it for the week. I want to thank Linda and Umar and Bentley for joining me to focus on Siemens. It was a great time talking. And I want to thank all of you for listening. If you like what you heard, please don't forget to rate and review us. I'm always trying to improve. And I can never seem to improve quick enough. And don't forget to subscribe where you get your podcasts. Talk to you next week. Thanks again. MSCI ESG Research podcast is provided by MSCI Inc.'s subsidiary, MSCI ESG Research LLC, a registered investment advisor under the Investment Advisors Act of 1940.
and this recording and data mentioned herein has not been submitted to nor received approval from the United States Securities and Exchange Commission or any other regulatory body. The analysis discussed should not be taken as an indication or guarantee of any future performance, analysis, forecast, or prediction. The information contained in this recording is not for reproduction in whole or in part without prior written permission from MSCI ESG Research. None of the discussion or analysis put forth in this recording constitutes an offer to buy or sell or a promotion or recommendation of any security, financial instrument, or produ product or trading strategy. Further, none of the information is intended to constitute investment advice or recommendation to make or refrain from making any kind of investment decision and may not be relied on as such. The information provided here is as is, and the user of the information assumes the entire risk of any use it may make or permit to be made of the information. Thank you.